0: Make sure we give Facebook lots of different data points to pull those lookalikes from, stack them all on top of each other so it's a nice, strong, broad audience still. There's enough data for the algorithm to then inform the ad set as to who to go after. You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast. To increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates, and grow your profits.
1: Well, hello and welcome. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this e-commerce marketing focus podcast, If you're not familiar with our format, well, each month we focus on a different marketing method. It could be email or SEO or Facebook ads. And each week I interview a different expert to explore the latest advice on making it work for you. This month has been all about Facebook ads and We're doing it again in this episode. We are looking in this episode into some of those big picture optimization or account setup pieces that you may not have changed in a while. Because Facebook ads, as we know, has changed a lot over the last couple of years. It kind of like went down into the valley of despair and it's now on its way back up. But if you're still doing those same strategies from two years ago, you are not going to be getting great results. If you're still doing the same thing as you were doing, 12 months ago, you're probably not gonna get great results either. So we are revisiting or visiting for the first time some of the big things that are working right now in this episode. We'll be talking about budget optimization strategies, cost capping strategies, targeting strategies and my guest is going to give you an amazing list of things to do with your creative. She's an awesome guest, really knows her stuff and is going to be sharing a lot of great advice. And also make sure you listen right to the end of the episode because at the end of the interview she'll be sharing her quickfire insider tips to help you maximise the performance of Facebook ads and an amazing checklist that you can all get for free. Then I'll be sharing my take on it all and outlining a couple of other ways we can help you improve your Facebook ads even more. So stay tuned right to the end, please. Do you want more from your paid ads campaigns this year? Are you tired of disappointing results? Are your optimizations delivering no to low performance improvements? If that all sounds familiar, well, it's because the game's changed, which means you need a chat with my friends at Digital Gearbox. They are masters in the art of pay-per-click marketing. Their expert team have helped transform businesses around the world with tried and tested strategies that actually get results. And right now they're offering a free one-on-one consultation to 10 ambitious Keep Optimising listeners looking to do great things in 2023. Now, only 10 of you can get this brilliant offer, so do not delay. Get your free consultation now by heading over to keepopt.com forward slash digitalgearbox. That's kwpt.com dot forward slash digitalgearbox. And let the Digital Gearbox team show you the true power of PPC. In this episode, I'm chatting with Facebook ads expert Jesse Healy. Via her agency, Webtopia, and her coaching program, Jessie has helped hundreds of D2C e-commerce businesses across the world to profitably scale their online sales to seven figures and beyond. So it's awesome to have her on the show, sharing just a bit of her expertise with all of you. Hello, Jesse. Hi, it's great to be here. It's awesome to have you on the show. So thank you so much for sparing the time to come on and chat with us. How did you get into Facebook ads? Wow, that's a great question.
0: So I have been in digital marketing since my first job out of uni, which was in the early 2000s. I stumbled into this grad job and they needed me to do email marketing and kind of very early stage SEO. So I was just always in digital marketing. So then when social media came along, I jumped on that bandwagon. And then when paid social ads came along, I was there pretty pretty early on, to be honest. I was running ads for a bank on Facebook in about 2010, around then. And then it just became more and more of a a key part of my roles and everything sort of went from there.
1: Very cool. So we we both started in the early 2000s in this cool digital space and we both worked for banks. (laughs) Can I just say... How much nicer is it working in e-commerce than it is in banking? So much more fun. Yeah, you can get stuff. You can just move a lot faster. I
0: love the dynamism of this sector whereas with the bank you yeah, it was all a lot about process
1: and sign off. <laughs> oh, so much process and sign off. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, before I uh, I mentally go back to that space, which none of us need us to do, <laughs> let's talk Facebook ads. You've been involved with them since pretty much the beginning. They have changed so much in the last couple of years with all the, the you know, kind of the Facebook fast reacting to the big privacy change that come along. And there is now lots of opportunity on facebook again but we 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 need to really understand how to optimize our performance well and that all starts with the right account strategy right so we're going to take take everyone through several of those options big things to think about with your account strategies as we go through this episode but first off jesse why is it so crucial to consider those account strategies to try and get them right to at least think about them as setting ourselves up for success on Facebook, why is this such an important part of our planning now?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not got any easier to do well on, on uh, with Facebook ads. So costs are higher than they were certainly five years ago, you know, and although they haven't gone up a lot in the last year or so, the space is really competitive. We're competing for consumers you know we're in a challenging kind of economic environment so potentially conversion rates are lower so we have to work really hard to get the account to work right so we have to leave no stone unturned in terms of strategies that are going to help the algorithm to get us the best results and every account is different so if we just applied a blanket approach to every account, then we could potentially be missing out on uncovering some better performance by testing these different strategies. So the way my team and I work when we're When we're optimizing quote-unquote an account and figuring out how to get the best results possible is we're always going to be testing different strategies we're going to be doing a lot of testing with creative as well but we're going to see what structures and ways of optimizing the account work best for that particular account and then when we see good performance We're going to put the money towards that good performance. So what I'm going to be talking you through today is some of these strategies and tactics that we will typically test in an account and and how I'm finding them working at the moment.
1: So I've, uh, everyone listening, I have a sneak preview of what we're going to be talking about today. And, and Jesse, tell me if I'm right or wrong on this, but it strikes me that these big account strategies are about giving the right instructions to the algorithm so as they can do the best job for us. They're kind of like, yeah, it's kind of that side of things, isn't it? It's like setting the algorithm up for success, which is so crucial in 2023 with Facebook ads. Yes. So I like to think of it sometimes like, guardrails like we're sending the algorithm
0: in a certain direction we're letting the algorithm have as much freedom as possible to go and achieve our goal which is generally an e-commerce purchase so we're telling the algorithm the goal we're giving it a direction or a way to try and hit that goal and then we're observing how how good is it at doing that and if when we set it off in that direction and we give it enough time and we give it the appropriate amount of data It's able to achieve our goal, then we give it more budget and we let it go. If it goes off and it kind of heads in the wrong direction or doesn't figure things out, the algorithm doesn't really work, the machine doesn't really work with that setup, then we try a new setup. So that's kind of the way that we work with the algorithm. I kind of think of it like dancing with the algorithm because the algorithm wants to do our bidding, but For whatever reason, with the data that it has on any given day, sometimes it just doesn't, it isn't able to achieve it with a certain structure and it needs a different structure to be able to go and find you the best pocket of users who are going to perform the action you want, which is purchase.
1: I'm I'm loving those phrases, dancing with the algorithm (laughs) and the (laughs) guardrails. Such a clear way of thinking about what we're trying to do with these decisions. So I love, really love that, Jesse. Thank you for those little tidbits. Okay, let's let's actually give the audience some some things they should be considering to set these guardrails up. Let's talk budget optimization, which seems like what what you're talking about, Chloe. What, where I set my budget, but we're not talking about budget levels, are we? We're talking about budget decisions, I suppose. Tell us about those, Jesse.
0: Yeah, so there's different ways that you can tell Facebook to achieve your goal. So you can set the budget at campaign level, which is called CBO, or you can set the budget at the ad set level, which is called ABO. Now, CBO came along. Gosh, it was probably about five years ago that it became a very like often used tool by media buyers. It was released as a feature, and then it became, uh, it's sort of when it was released. As is often typical with Facebook, it doesn't always work that well straight away, but then sometimes people start to see success with it and then it really picks up steam and it works really well. So CBO really worked was really working well a couple of years ago and then I think in recent years people have moved away from it a bit more and moved back towards setting the budget at the ad set level to allow a little bit more control now I would say there's definitely not one or the other that works I think again in different accounts we'll use different strategies it depends what we're focusing on like if we're focusing on you know creative testing then we might use ad set budget optimization because we just decide we want this audience and we're going to focus on testing creative you know there's just so many i don't want to give you like there's no one answer
1: we could kind of fill the whole episode with reasons why you could you should use campaign or you should use use abo. totally agree <laughs> it could just be let's just list them <laughs> let's not do that though
0: <laughs> so that's one kind of way of allocating your budget and then the other the other strategy that I think has has had a lot of popularity and got had a lot of kind of discussion around it in the kind of circles I hang out in is using cost caps versus uh, allowing Facebook to just try and maximize the number of conversions that it gets you for your money. So the difference between that is the standard default setting on Facebook is that you would set your budget for the day and you would say, go and spend my budget and try and deliver me as many conversions as you can for that budget. So that's called lowest cost conversions. So you're giving the full control to Facebook and you're saying like, you know, spend my $50 a day or spend my $500 a day. And you may or may not get as many conversions as you want for that money. So your ROAS or your CPA may not be what you want it to be. And then you manually adjust, manually address that budget day by day or week by week based on the performance, based on what you're seeing and how happy you are with that result. Cost caps, on the other hand, allow you to say to Facebook, look, I don't want to pay more than this for a conversion. So only spend my budget if you think you're going to achieve that cost for me. And when these, again, same thing, when these were first released, like they weren't necessarily that effective, you'd often find would either spend anyway and not achieve your goal or it would just not spend at all. There was a lot of challenges with this, the budget just not being spent. But in recent years we've seen, or even kind of, yeah, probably the last year or so, we've seen this be quite an effective strategy, especially for accounts that have a good amount of spend and a good amount of data. It's been quite an effective way to allow the algorithm to make the decisions for you so that you're not going in there all the time, having to adjust the daily budgets or move budget around between different ad sets. So once you get that performance working, you can then keep upping the budget and it will only spend more if it's able to achieve the restriction that you have set.
1: And I was going to say what I love about both that budget optimization and the cost cap bid cap piece is that so many, I'm sure so many people listening have only ever used one. So they've always had the guardrails in position A. And going back to your brilliant analogy earlier, they always had the guardrails in position A. And they, and actually, by switching the guardrails to position B, they may suddenly decide, they've suddenly discovered they've now given the algorithm the guardrails it needs to deliver for them without having to change anything else in the account. So it's they're like the hidden levers within yes. the tool that you may you may think oh well I'll just pick that It'll be fine forget about it never look at the setting again but these can make make huge impact so I love we highlighting those. Yeah, you're really on the money with
0: that. And it's really interesting because when we first started using the strategy probably about just over a year ago we started using it really effectively for some accounts and it was in accounts that were had you know clients that had very challenging cpa goals so they had a very strict cac that they had to achieve in order to be profitable you know they might be like a low aov product you know with like maybe not that high an ltv so they're very strict in terms of what they can pay to achieve the new acquire the new customer so we started using it with clients like that and actually found that by testing we would test different caps so different levels and sometimes the bid cap wasn't actually sorry the cost cap wasn't actually the the cost cap that we have in mind for the business it was just a random one that happens to work really well and find that kind of vein of good quality customers for that brand that it can achieve at the right cost so um it was literally a way to send the algorithm in a direction and kind of communicate with the algorithm in a way that it actually then brings back the result that you want.
1: Awesome. Thank you for those, those extra tips. The, the, the next thing I'm, I'm watching the time here, cause I want to make sure we manage to get all of this in. And the next thing you, you've kind of teed me up on advance is lookalikes because It feels like with all the algorithm changes and the privacy changes, people kind of have have totally taken a lot of their focus away from the targeting onto the creative side of things, which obviously is awesome. But there's still there's still some things we should be giving a go to on the targeting front. So tell us tell us your advice on lookalikes, please, Jesse.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, lookalikes, I still advocate that there's something to try in every account and there's something to go back to from time to time. So. As a general rule, yes, broad targeting, either broad interest targeting, so stacking a whole lot of interests together, or just going completely broad with maybe you know age age chained if you're changed if your product isn't suitable for certain ages, that's generally the strategy that works for most accounts. And lookalikes post iOS fourteen lookalikes stopped working as well because the the kind of blood supply to the algorithm that powered those lookalikes was cut off by the iOS privacy changes. So generally where lookalikes might have performed well in an account, they would perform for less less well or not for as long and they wouldn't be such a surefire thing. You know, back in the day, a new account, if I was working with a new client, the first thing I'd do is turn on a whole lot of lookalikes and happy days, you'd get really good performance from them. Now that's less and less so the case. However, lately we've been seeing in some accounts that lookalikes are working well typically the way we go about it just to give you kind of a tactical approach is the way we go about it now is we will stack a lot of lookalikes together in the account and we will use quite large lookalikes so we'll stack together lookalike of pixel data, look-alike of social handles, social interactions, look-alike of your CRM list. We actually give Facebook lots of different data points to pull those look-alikes from, stack them all on top of each other so it's a nice, strong, broad audience still. There's enough data for the algorithm. And we might also be a lot less stringent than we were, you know, a year or two ago with exclusion. So we're not excluding the bottom of funnel necessarily from those ad sets. And that allows more data to flow into the algorithm from those warmer audiences and into that particular ad set to then inform the ad set as to who to go after.
1: Nice, loving that as well. So everyone time to get testing those lookalike audiences as well. And um, Jesse, we couldn't not talk about creative. So what's going on in the, the creative testing space that we should be giving a go to at the moment? Yeah, so, so much, I mean, we spend a lot of our
0: time now as media buyers obsessing about creative. We're just actually, I just got off a call with my team where we're implementing a massive creative training program within the agency so that all of the team right from the bottom to the top and including the Google team as well, we're going to be really leaning into training them on creative ideas and psychological concepts and what's working now and all of that. So, Goes without saying, Reels and TikTok style videos are still well, working well in most accounts. So that kind of mobile first video shot on a phone from the customer perspective, using those kind of native style captions and text overlays that look native, they can really help performance. That's been true probably for you know a good couple of years, that type of video, whether it's UGC genuinely UGC, or UGC bought UGC, or UGC from influencers, you should be testing that type of creative. I think, I guess an insight or the way that has matured in the last year or so, is that I don't think it's still acceptable to have really fake looking UGC. If it's from really wooden kind of people, it doesn't seem genuine and authentic. You're going to struggle to get it to work because how news feeds are so flooded with that kind of, I tried this product and it's amazing. If it doesn't ring true, it's not going to perform. So that's just kind of like a caveat to that type of creative. Another thing we're seeing a lot of at the moment is static images are working again. Whereas, so where everything kind of moved over to video very heavily, we're seeing a kind of swing back to static images with simple hooks and overlaid text on the images working really well so calling out the persona and the benefit can work really well uh, with statics and the other thing too to point out about creative is it's not about creating new creative every single week sometimes simply iterating on the ads that performed well or could perform better gives you more bang for your buck than trying to come up with new ideas all the time I think that's a really important takeaway for brands is like It might feel overwhelming to have this whole creative department and be working with these UGC creators and coming up with new concepts all the time. But often you'll have a concept or a style of ad that works well for you. You just need to create different variations of it. Have a different hook at the beginning. Uh, Have a different age of person presenting the same pain point. Look at different, you know, people from different parts of your potential customer group. So different races, different ages, different genders. And you can kind of really stretch out, you know, a style of message to reach more people and appeal to more people
1: by using that diversity. Loving all that, that advice around the creatives. I hadn't heard that static images are coming back. So that's that's a, that's awesome. I'm sure many of the listeners are going, oh, brilliant, yeah. brilliant. I could just do some statics again. And that reiteration point is so important. I think so often people think they have to reinvent the wheel. And it, it's not that case. And you give us so many brilliant ideas for that. We've got time for one more creative testing tip for you. So what else would you like to leave the listeners with? Uh, I would
0: say always think about your seasonal relevance. And I think especially for brands that are global, don't forget about the different parts of the world and the context that people are in from a weather or cultural perspective. So... It's an obvious marketing thing to update your creative when it's spring. You need to have people wearing spring-like clothes, that kind of thing, but really kind of leaning into that so that the ads feel super topical and super relevant to people's lives, but also bearing in mind how that will impact people in Australia, seeing snowy, you know, snowy type of images, people in coats and things like that. It's really jarring to see and vice versa.
1: Yeah, and I say so we're recording this at that marvellous point in the year where the UK's already had Mother's Day, the rest of the world hasn't, to put it very, very simply. And, uh, and I, I am enjoying, the, you know, the, the, the schadenfreude uh, side of me is loving getting emails about Mother's Day going, been, been and gone, people, been and gone. Someone <laughs> needs to segment a little bit better here. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's always the one that, that, that triggers me. Jesse, thank you so much for giving us all that advice. That's been brilliant. Listeners, remember to stay tuned right to the end. So you don't miss out on Jessie's insider tips on Facebook ads and my suggestions for more free resources to help you improve things even further in your business. Do you want more from your paid ads campaigns this year? Are you tired of disappointing results? Are your optimizations delivering no to low performance improvements? If that all sounds familiar, well, it's because the game's changed, which means you need a chat with my friends at Digital Gearbox. They are masters in the art of pay-per-click marketing. Their expert team have helped transform businesses around the world with tried and tested strategies that actually get results. And right now they're offering a free one-on-one consultation to 10 ambitious Keep Optimising listeners looking to do great things in 2023. Now, only 10 of you can get this brilliant offer, so do not delay. Get your free consultation now by heading over to keepopt.com forward slash digitalgearbox. That's kwpt.com dot forward slash digitalgearbox. And let the Digital Gearbox team show you the true power of PPC. Okay, Jesse, so far we've gone deep into account strategies. Now you get to wow well us with your insider knowledge about the whole of Facebook ads. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with Facebook ads, which of course includes everything we've already been talking about. Jesse, are you ready for these? Yeah. Okay, let's start with newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step, or maybe their first step back into Facebook ads, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success?
0: I think definitely keep it simple in terms of your structure. So much more consolidated than you might have done a few years ago if you are getting back into it. And if you're starting it for the first time, you probably only need one or two ad sets to get started and really focus on your creative so using those tips i just mentioned come up with some really great strong angles for your creative and focus on testing that and don't go down a rabbit hole of trying to test loads of different audiences keep it simple on the audience front and really drill down on creative testing
1: ah perfect advice thank you now once you've started of course you've got to keep optimizing so what's your favorite way to improve performance Probably to keep testing more creative, to be honest.
0: But, I mean, making sure that you've got that simple structure. A lot of the techniques we talked about at the top of the episode today were probably, I would say, more advanced or for bigger spend budgets. We didn't talk in too much detail about Advantage Plus, but, again, that's another one that that works well for probably bigger budgets. So if you're you're just getting started and you're continuing to optimise and you're not happy, you're not hitting your KPIs, then the first thing you should be doing is coming up with some new creative angles or iterating on the creative you've got so that you can improve uh, the results you're getting from the ads.
1: Yep, yeah, everyone, creative is totally the biggest lever in Facebook ads right now, if not across all marketing, to be honest. So loving that advice, Jesse. thank you. If someone listening wants to learn more, um, is there one cheap or free resource you would like to recommend?
0: Yeah, so I have got an awesome e-com growth checklist. It's kind of a strategic plan that you can, you can steal from me. It's a Google worksheet. It's got all of the strategies we've talked about today and many more. And it's got a bunch for email and it's got a bunch for Google ads as well. It's got awesome color coding so you can tick off everything you've done or see what you still need to do. It covers not just Facebook ads and everything we've talked about today, but also Google ads uh, email marketing, all of the kind of key elements of a growth plan for e-commerce. And it's available just by emailing me at hello at co. Uh, that's my email that my team also keep an eye on as well so any time of the day or night you can email us there and we'll get that checklist over to you to use in your business
1: wow what an awesome offer uh, what an awesome freebie uh, guys go email now hello at webtopia.co and jesse or one of her team will get back to you with that amazing checklist thank you so much for that jesse that's awesome no worries last question then Crystal Ball time, what's coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for? Well, I mean it's the elephant in the room, isn't it? If we don't mention
0: it, it would be AI. So I think I'm definitely watching closely. How I approach these things is I watch closely for a while before I make my move. I wait and see kind of a little bit what everyone else is doing, see where the conversation's heading and then decide which bit I'm going to buy off. But certainly I think, you know, we've been using AI for uh, copywriting in the agency for a couple of years now. It doesn't do all our copywriting, but it definitely helps us do it faster. So we're looking at all the ways we can, use AI to, to make our jobs as marketers more efficient and more effective and give us more time to use our creative brains and do the really fun stuff. So I'm excited about where that's going to go. I think we should embrace it and not be afraid of it. But that's certainly, we've already seen so much of like the way automation and, you know, A- ChatGPT might be new, but AI and media buying is certainly not new. And the algorithms have been the AI inside the algorithm's been making a lot of media buying decisions for us for a number of years now. We'll see more of that kind of automation of of that side of things, which will leave the the media buyer and the strategist's job to be more creative and more about kind of coming up with new ideas to help brands grow so i'm excited about that
1: yeah me too and i'm I'm definitely similar to you on that front i'll watch and see wait wait for other people to do the first user testing and when they've come up with some good reasons then i'll spend some time on it it's like yeah yeah i'm gonna gonna leave that box shut for a little bit and i'm just starting to peek into a little bit myself now it's um feels like like time the time is coming Jesse, we are very nearly at the end of the show. So could you please, please, please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business if they want to get in touch? Yeah,
0: sure. So I'm most active on LinkedIn. So search my name, Jesse Healy, J-E-S-S-I-E, Healy, H-E-A-L-Y. So you'll find me on LinkedIn. I am also on Twitter, but um not as active there. And our website is www.webtopia.co. And you can fill in our contact form and get in touch over there.
1: Brilliant, Jesse! Thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been been lovely chatting to you about Facebook ads, and you've given the audience so many great ideas for improving performance. It's been uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. So thank you so much for being here. No worries. It was awesome to be here. That was almost like a guide to what you need to do in Facebook ads right now for success. I'm loving that massive list of creative testing ideas and tips that Jesse gave us. And check out your decisions around budget optimization, caps, uh, and go and test those lookalikes again. And just, just adoring that visual idea of the settings you put in are the guardrails that tell the algorithm where it's allowed to play. And then you have to find the right way to dance with the algorithm. I'm lo- loving those that Jesse said. That really, I think, really makes makes it seem a lot less scary than sometimes feeding the algorithm can uh, can feel. You can get links to all those things we discussed, including that amazing um, the email address for getting that amazing checklist that Jesse's put on offer for all of you plus our notes about the episode and more at keepoptimizing.com. Or you can just use the special direct episode short link to fast track yourself straight to the right page of the website by putting keepopt.com forward slash the number of this episode into the URL bar and you will go straight to the correct page. When you get to the website, please add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the things I share to help you improve your business. Regular listeners will know we usually round off our months with a Q&A webinar where I get as many of our guests back to answer your questions and talk about the big picture topics as I can. Well, we are doing that for Facebook ads because we want to help you that little bit more. So if you want to join us for that live Q&A session, just go to keepopt.com forward slash webinar to get yourself registered. And yes, the replay is sent to everybody who registers. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Keep Optimising podcast. Our whole set of episodes about Facebook ads is now live. So please do have a listen to them all. Either scroll up your podcast feed or use the short link keepopt.com forward slash Facebook to find all our Facebook ads content on the website. Our next masterclass topic is referral marketing. Yeah, We're going to be diving deep into how you can get other people and other businesses to send you customers. There's loads of different ways to do that. We're going to try and shine a light on some of the ones you may not have heard of, but we'll also be covering some of the ones you have. So expect affiliates, influencer marketing, refer a friend, all those kind of great things being discussed over the next month. So if you want to catch that, then make sure you tune in next Wednesday. And of course, make sure you subscribe to us on your favourite podcast player so that you don't miss out that way either. If you know someone who's particularly interested in Facebook ads or referral marketing or just improving their e-commerce marketing performance, let them know this show exists, the Keep Optimising podcast, because it's here to help both you and them improve their e-commerce performance. Oh, and did you know you're listening carbon guilt free? This is a carbon-poditive podcast, which means we've bought the carbon credits to offset all our production, distribution and your listening to this show. So go on, re-listen. You can re-listen with no carbon guilt at all. You can share with your team and you can go back and listen to all our other episodes, knowing that any carbon impact from our production or your listening is taken care of. Have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimising your marketing.
0: Access everything Keep Optimizing at KeepOptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.
1: Do you want more from your paid ads campaigns this year? Are you tired of disappointing results? Are your optimizations delivering low to low performance improvements? If that all sounds familiar, well, it's because the game's changed, which means you need a chat with my friends at Digital Gearbox. They are masters in the art of pay-per-click marketing. Their expert team have helped transform businesses around the world with tried and tested strategies that actually get results. And right now they're offering a free one-on-one consultation to 10 ambitious Keep Optimising listeners looking to do great things in 2023. Now only 10 of you can get this brilliant offer so do not delay. Get your free consultation now by heading over to keepopt.com forward slash digital gearbox that's k-e-p-o-p-t.com forward slash digital gearbox and let the digital gearbox team show you the true power of PPC.